Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. We are ready. Yep. Here we go. Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call. Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call. Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call. Suprema, su-su-suprema roll call. My. Yeah. Mama. Oh, yeah. Mama, ma. Yeah. Mama, ma. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema. Roll call. My name is Sugar. Yeah. And it's such a thrill. Yeah. To be in the same room. Yeah. As Boss Bill. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. And it's Boss Bill. Yeah. With the rhyme to say. Yeah. One of my favorite jams. Yeah. Quiet time to play. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. It's Laiem. Yeah. And Johnny Gill to the end. Yeah. We both from DC. Yeah. So he ain't my fair weather friend. Roll call. Suprema. Yeah, the backup. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Name is Johnny. Yeah. I'm so happy to say. Yeah. I'm in here with all of y'all. Yeah. I'm going to rub you all the right way. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. All over my body. Wait a minute. Wait, I'm curious. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Normally, I don't do the I don't do the Captain Obvious roll call, but the look of darts thrown in my direction. Because you cheated, man. No, I didn't cheat. I mean, you the deep diver. I stayed far away from from my my mind. I knew that somebody was going to take that one. I'm sorry. So wait, I'm I'm actually curious. You had a backup one just in case. No, that was it. That was it was February of a friend. I beat it. I had to ask Bill to look it up because I was unsure if in the lyrics. <laughs> she he couldn't was remember the words. Oh, I was, I was like, like, was he saying he want to be my fair weather friend? Because that's like, not no, right. He, he won't be. 
I won't be. Okay. okay. I was just, I was really impressed if you told me that I stole your roll call and that you had oh, no, I wouldn't a new it. one on standby. Oh, I, was like, oh. I, I had one almost ready for standby. Mine was a real deep cut. So though. I guess me going first, I don't have to worry about that. But no. when you guys yeah, go late, yeah. and I get it now. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Quest Love Supreme on iHeartRadio. How are you? We got Team Supreme in the house. What's up, guys? Good yeah. to see you. Good to see you. Good, good. Solid. Anyway, we got Sugar Steve. Hey, man. Uh, we wait, wait. Can we just cut to the chase? Yeah. Uh, did did uh, unpaid bill just ghost us? I think he did. I haven't heard. He hasn't even been on group chat. I never Damn. liked him. <laughs> you see, Johnny, we have this, you know, co-host who's Mr. Broadway and ain't got no time for us no more. Oh, but like that, that huh? show's over. Unless he's working on Max Martin right he's got now. A few few Broadway shows and I think a movie. I'm oh. not trying to tell his I'm business. Just saying, like I, I got stuff him. going on. Yeah, but it's called Quest Love Supreme. You have to be here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> his name ain't in the title. All right. Well, we could. Do Questlove Supreme featuring Mm-mm, unpaid? No, that's what it is. No. He's going to ask for more money for that. Oh, okay. Never mind. Forget it. Well, <laughs> good to know. And uh, I hope Fonte doesn't get uh, yeah, so, canceled. Someone want to tell Fonte that we have enough cigs? Like we, we, have, <laughs> he, we got a pack, bro. You see, Johnny, we got another co-host that went out for cigarettes, and he has not come back, but he, he has been on back. tour 5,000 times. What? Yeah. <laughs> so. he, was, he said he go out for cigarettes and you know it's so. good it means they're it's successful cool. and they don't have time for us look right now we're Marlon Jackie Jermaine and Tito <laughs> we're still touring as a unit right wait now and I know we're, we're wait Fonte. a minute oh. I'm here <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen no no right. oh, you guys no 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 <laughs> ladies and gentlemen oh no I'm not even gonna waste time I'm not even gonna waste time ladies and gentlemen um our guest today is, I, I don't know. He's he's the last of a. I can't say that word. I won't say dying breed, but it's not endangered species. But he's a singer, singer. That sounds I, like he went through puberty. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. A Pretty singer, early. singer. Like of, it, I'm sorry. This is hard to find a male singer these days that, that sounds like he's you know older than 13. So. Oh my god. Or can sing more than one note. Yeah. Or has, uh, yeah, yeah. Or has vibrato. Yeah. Or knows how to enunciate. Or you know. Who could just slip off my red dress? Let's get to it. Come on. Man. Hey. Leave that on. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the master, the master himself, Johnny Gill is yes. on Quest Love Supreme. Oh, thank you. That's very, very devilish. <laughs> Should I call you Johnny Jackson right now? Uh, yeah, JG. You know something I thought? I, all right. Of of all the, uh, I'm speaking of the New Edition alumnus, uh-huh. of all of you guys, all of them have cool nicknames, but I felt they got lazy with you and just named you JG. Well, I have like, two. How come you don't have a- I have two names. It's J Gill, I mean J J G, and then Skills is what they call me. Okay. And even oh. my, my company is called J Skills. They all they call me Skills because that's my nickname from them. Is because <laughs> when we walk in a room, I would start playing the drums, and they were going okay. So then I get on the keyboards and start playing that. Then I get on the guitar and start playing the guitar. So I started playing percussion. And they kept going, yo. It was like, damn, skills. So that's that's how, so that's how you got your skills. Okay. Right. <laughs> so I never knew that. Me. I didn't know that either. <laughs> I just heard him call you JG. All right. I didn't know he played all those instruments. Did you know that? 
Uh, I could imagine. I mean, oh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, I because of of his high school education in D.C. Oh, Duke yeah. Ellington. Where are you? Are you now? You're D.C. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm just saying, as opposed to Philly. I um I I went to I graduated high school. When you, wherever you graduate high school, that's where it is. So, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, right. No, Johnny, yeah. you, I got a back. I got your yeah. back. Yeah, she right. That's right. Johnny, you, <laughs> you she, left DC at what age? I left around. I was about, I want to say maybe eighteen when I left and came to went to LA. Uh, yeah, but you clocked more years in LA than you have in DC. Actually, correct? pretty much. Yeah, so, what do you, are you a Washingtonian? What do you call yourself? Confused. Mm, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> When's the last time you lived in DC? I lived in DC. Oh, nineteen eighty-five, maybe eighty-six. I think in eighty-seven, I was in LA. Did you say crackheads? So, yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So right yeah. after chemistry, then that was. And that was it. Yep. Yeah. I see. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, nope. I always switching sides. So you know, now she's DC. Shit, Johnny Gill is here fucking okay, right. Okay. I'm about to talk about Stacey Lassall. Yeah. We're about to talk hell. about Duke Ellington. Like, we're about to get in it. DC's in hell. Yes. <laughs> All right, so let me say that you're you're one of our rare guests that I'll say that you came to my attention almost way before your music did because um, I'll say that in my childhood, the internet for black kids was right on magazine. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So you yeah. have a friend yeah. in Cynthia Horner. Horner. Yes. yes. Because yeah. she would do full-blown, like, features on you. And yeah. I I heard nary a note. Wow. Yeah, that was my I girl. Knew, I knew your face. I knew your life story. I knew everything. I I, I never I, heard a note. I don't know, you guys. I mean, he he, he really, really just very talented. And you, you're going to get to see and know him very that's soon. That's how Cynthia <laughs> talks. Yes, that's how she talks. <laughs> no, and that's the thing, like, because I knew they kept comparing you to, of course, either uh, the rich, your richness of, of Donnie Hathaway's voice. Yeah, Donnie. Um. The raspiness of Teddy Pendergrass, yeah, and yeah. I, I guess by association, um, this is a deep cut um, from the Dells, uh, Marvin Jr., yeah, yeah, who's Teddy's idol. Wow. But just saying that you look like me, you look young, and right. I was like, no way that this guy has that deep of a voice. But yeah. um, finally, uh, one of your videos came on like New York Hot Tracks, like it was like a show that came on like. Oh. Oh my morning God, on Saturday. You remember that New York hot track? Yes. So thus, I finally said, oh, okay, that's what Johnny Gill does. That's what... So describe to me. a curl issue. <laughs> Just uh, I couldn't get it right. But... It was dry. So you were born in D.C. What part of D.C.? Uh, southeast. Southeast. All right, what, what is that? probably uh, the first place I remember. Why, yeah. It's the last place to get gentrified in D.C. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> oh, it's still a yeah. problem? It's, south, it's actually called Southeast. 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 You know. yeah. Southeast. Yeah. So, yeah. so every now and then it can come out, but I, I, it's buried in there. And I try to keep it under control and everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've got some help for it. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, I'm on meds. Yeah, well, I, I have a question for you, though, because I know you're from D.C., and I always right. wondered if... Uh, how how deep does go-go culture resonate with your art? Like, have you ever thought of truly incorporating, like, any of those? Let, like, did you ever at all immerse yourself in 
Google culture, I, or I, we just straight church and I was straight church, but I did. I was absolutely familiar with it, and I used to play it. You know, I used to get. Uh, my mom worked three jobs. Mm-hmm. When I would come home from school, I would get on my brother's drums, and before you know it, the whole neighborhood was <laughs> coming around the house, and they were all jamming. Oh, okay. I was, you know, but it wasn't something that I put in my music. But I just—that's how I used to practice. I used to practice go-go stuff. Okay, so with the exception of New Orleans, I'll say that DC has uh, is it's steeped in, in black music culture. Yeah. In a way that's not like any other place in the United States. Yeah. How is that so? Like, why is it like the fact that your brother had a drum set in the household, especially post seventies, is yeah. well, my dad unusual. Was a, my dad was a minister, and you know we used to sing and play in church, and uh, he bought all of us just different instruments. And I was one of those kids that was just intrigued by everybody's instrument. My brothers, they couldn't figure out why I could play the bass, why I could play his drums, why I could play uh, <laughs> the bongos. And I, they wouldn't, you know, as a kid, when you grow up, you're, you know, your siblings, you're fighting. It's like, no, get off mine. You don't want them to play your toy. Right. So I would play yeah. sick and wouldn't go to school sometimes. <laughs> and, Wait, and when you I youngest? didn't go to school, yes, I was the youngest. Oh, you the baby. All right. So, yeah, yeah, okay. I, <laughs> they never understood why I could play everybody's instruments, but while they was gone. <laughs> you was practicing. I was getting it in. <laughs> okay. But I didn't know even as a kid that I was, I would have never been, I couldn't describe it and tell you I was intrigued. I didn't know that's what it was. I, I was just a kid, mm-hmm. but I wanted to play the instruments and everybody would fight like, no, don't, don't, get off my drums, get off my guitar. And so I was like, I'm going to fix you. Well, how, <laughs> how old were you at the time when you started sneaking on your brother's instruments? I was about eight, okay. seven, eight years old. And we all had instruments. My, my dad was a miniature Joe Jackson, I swear to you. <laughs> my dad was the no-nonsense guy and would make us rehearse. We would had to go to school the next day, but we couldn't go to bed until we got it right. So all my brothers, all of us, we all sang. And how many we, how many siblings? I have three older brothers, so it was four of us total. And my dad would make us put us in uh, talent shows, and but he used to make us rehearse. And we couldn't go to bed until we got it right. And when we got it right, we got a a, a glass of Coke, Coca Cola. So <laughs> that was, that was our, And then you got to wow. get and go to bed, and then you got to get up early for school. But he was like, you know, I, I didn't realize what he was doing and what he was preparing me for. Uh, I mean, not to put you on the spot, uh, are your brothers as good as singing as you are? Or I have one that kind of mimics me. He can do what I do. Randy. Um, Randy. Yeah. yeah. He's in the yeah. group uh, 2D Extreme. 2D Extreme, right? 2D Extreme, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, he'll go at me. As a matter of fact, if you go on YouTube on the Arsenio show, you'll see one uh, man and him going at it uh, with each other on Arsenio. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's trying can, to out ad each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, he was going at me. And I was like, okay, you little Bama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bama. He come back yeah, every once and again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so what did the other ones were just uh, musicians? My oldest brother hated the whole music thing. He was the oldest. We, he used to get uh, whippings when we would come home from church because he would sing with his back turned. So my aunt and my dad used to get him. He said when he turned 18, he would never sing again. He turned 18, he never sung again. Really? <laughs> he wow. was like, I'm done. He just didn't like it. But he had to because when, you know, my dad like, used to make us all sing and play. He, just he, for the he, family business. Yeah. Was, was he just, good? Or Yeah, he could sing. He could sing. He just he didn't sing, want but to. But he didn't like it. Wow. Okay. He didn't like it, and my dad used to stay on him about because he used to sing 
with his back turned, like he didn't want to face the audience. Mm -hmm. And he would get in trouble for it because they knew he was doing it intentionally. But he just didn't like it. But he could sing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And no regrets on his part? Like, uh, I could have been a contender? Never or... looked back. Oh, he must be a businessman. Nice businessman. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I see. So what was your, your period at Duke Ellington? Um, I know many of student, well, you know, that that have gone there and excelled or whatever. But during your period, um, what was it like in your environment? Like, did you have talent? Uh, not talent shows. Were you in other groups or? No, you know, I I went and honestly, I visited uh, Duke Ellington. Uh, Stacy went mm -hmm. and I went there with her maybe a couple, few days or so. And at that point, I kind of like, uh, uh, we was having, uh, actually, we were sitting there talking about uh, the future of my uh, my career at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just went there. I really went there a couple of, like maybe a couple of days at the most. Oh. And everybody was saying, well, he's he went to Duke Ellington. And I was like, oh, they were no. trying to claim you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh. So I went with Stacy. Where'd you really she, go? She went there. So where'd you really go? I went to Kimball uh, Elementary, Sousa Junior High, and after that, Stacy and I both got uh, we we were tutored. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, well, wait, time out. When did you get your she, When did you get your record deal? I was fifteen, and we rec I recorded the album, and um, after the album came out, uh, the Johnny Gill album, the first one. Uh, was when shortly after that. <laughs> wait a minute, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. All right, I'm cheating a little bit. Uh, Jam Jam is uh, texting me right now. Uh, I, I hit him early this morning, like oh I'm talking god. to Johnny today. Oh my god! <laughs> and he says, he says he has terrible taste in his own stuff. He hated my my my. <laughs> oh my god! Wait. He's sending, no, me, he he's sending me a paragraph right now, boy. We'll get to that. We'll oh, get to that. Oh, my God. He's going to throw me under the bus. Oh, shit. <laughs> Dang, you hated it from the jump, or you just sick you of know, it? I just... I, I'm sick of it. I understand. Anyway, I'm sick of it. Let's get to that. We're jumping ahead. We're jumping ahead. We're jumping ahead. I can't jumping believe ahead. I get it. I get it. We on the first time. Anyway, so, yeah, you... So, why is it that they claimed you for just three days and... Because I became famous. <laughs> I see. Okay. I see. I, and man, they always kept, I, I mean, I would hear it all the time. It's like, yeah, you went to Duke Ellington? I said, yeah, for a couple of days. Yeah, because y'all were the first. <laughs> if you think about it, Johnny Guild, Stacey Lattisaw, after yeah. that, that's when more famous people came from Duke Ellington. But really, they were the first, like, well, Pioneers. not famous. Yeah. yeah. But I you see. know, D.C. is a very special place. I mean, it was Marvin Gaye. I mean, it was, I mean, Freddie Perrin, I think, was from there as yeah, well, Freddie, right? Yeah, Freddie, he was. Um, I mean, then you got Tony Braxton. You got, Ellington lived there. It was yeah. uh, quite a few. I mean, people that had, The D.C. Know. connection was how Freddie ended up producing your first album? You know, I don't know. But he, I know that when I signed with Atlantic Records, um, well, Henry the, Allen was the one that actually okay. that was his idea to to link up with Freddie Perrin for some reason. So, so is the story mm. true? Like, how did you get your deal? Was it through oh, Stacy? Okay, Stacey so that was real. Yeah. I didn't know that was just yeah. like a label thing. Like, right. oh, Stacy Glassall got him in Diana Ross discovering the Jackson Five, like that sort of thing. It was crazy because I, you know Stacy and I we you know, we all grew up in the same neighborhood. We Stacy's house was like the 
that was the the, the the playground for everybody. I mean, you come, to, you go to school, you come home, change your clothes, and everybody meets <laughs> up with Stacy's. We know something was going on. Whether we were going to be playing, uh, we was going to be going to the movies or going roller skating, or it was like everybody would meet up at her house. She's the organizer. <clears throat> and I tell you what happened with her. We were in a glee club together in in uh, elementary, and even back then we didn't we we weren't very good friends. I mean, we just, you know, was acquaintance. And then one night, one day we were, it was raining and everybody had to go in, downstairs into her basement. And she said, okay, we're going to have a talent show. And she was like, everybody has to do something or you got to get out. And mind you, I wore suits to school. So I was like, I'm not going to out there with my, Wait, my suits. you were always in a double suits? I used Wait. to wear double-breasted suits. With, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, George was, Jefferson? I was, no, I was, <laughs> I, listen, my dad was a minister, and I think I didn't realize it at the time, but I believe that it, I was really influenced by him and didn't realize that because they used to let my, you know, my nickname, my brothers and my god brothers that was next door, they used to call me, uh, my nickname was Reverend Ike. <laughs> okay. I used to go here come Reverend Ike but I used to wear suits and I and I just felt comfortable in suits and nobody made fun of you in your suit I, well I had three older brothers and three god brothers <laughs> oh that was going with- and next door the ones that are the next door they would come home for lunch and you see them with blood on their shirt what, you, what happened they didn't beat up the teachers okay. I, at, wow. at one point I Southeast. thought people didn't even want to talk to even say hi to me and it was kind of like <laughs> You, start you thinking were like protected. I've yeah, had a pretty deep army. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so I could wear whatever I want. Okay. <laughs> I see. Okay. Um, so, what was it? How much? How much time did she have before? Uh, how many years did she have on you? At, at least a jump start. Uh, Stacy, so let's see. She had about at least three years, I would say. Well, she came because, out in '81, right? Yeah. Yeah, '81, because uh, she had that album with uh, Van. Um, Van McCoy. Van McCoy. I right. think that was the very first one, and right. that one didn't do. Let well. me be your angel. Uh, oh, was that before. was the first one, and yeah, then and Let me be your. Was that Young and in Love? Maybe. Yeah. And then there was the the one that she did with with Narda. Narda. Yeah. yeah. I think then she wound up doing another one with Narda, but yeah. yeah, she had had about three years on me before that. And you know, back then, you know, I was just. And y'all just, just lived on the same block. No, I lived uh, maybe about ten minutes from them, but I used to ride my bike over there because that was the stomping grounds. Everybody would hang out over there, so I would go home, and I used to ride my bike with my suit on. So oh, wait, wow. I'm curious. Wow. Wait, wow. no skates, dress shoes, wingtips. <laughs> so when she got established, did she still maintain these friendships, or was it? Yeah, yeah, that's she. Had, so when she, she opened up for the Jacksons and all that stuff, yeah, you guys we got to go still, see her. We were all yep during that time. Everybody, we was hanging out back then, and of course, you know. <clears throat> Uh, being the player that I am. <laughs> See, y'all um, thing. I'm okay. just about to go there. You know, our, uh, um, this was before I was even in the game. I mean, you, you know, you understand. The suit I mean, was caught on the, the man ladies. was yes. still, mm-hmm. I was just standing up on the pimping. You know what I'm saying? All right, this show is going to be crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was killing them. <laughs> <laughs> Reverend so she had her eye on Reverend you. Reverend eight Ike years was, old. Reverend Ike was killing <laughs> So, with your first album, with your first record, um, I always wanted to know how did you manage to pull all of these heavyweights? Were you even aware at that young age at the level of heavyweights that you've come in contact with? I mean, 
You mean for which one? The very first, well, first or the, the, the I'll Mama say in hindsight, because they weren't, none of them were household names right. at all when right. you're working with them. Right. But eventually, in time, it's like, like your first record, like freaking Elliot Wolf. Oh, yeah. Worked Elliot. on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, Freddie Perrin alone. Yeah. Who. Yeah, give us some Freddie Perrin. Yeah. How did you, notes. how did you, Freddie what, was, what was, was it like working with him? I used to call him Pops. And <laughs> Freddie and his wife, Chris Perrin. They took me under their wings, and uh, I swear to you, it was like uh, Freddie told me and really prepared me for what was to come ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to stay with them, uh, and <laughs> uh, Chris used to—they uh, treated me like I was their their, their 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 son. So, but Freddie used to tell me all these stories about working with Michael Jackson. I was going to say for our, our listeners you. out yeah, there, yeah. forget Freddie, Freddie Perrin was part of what we know as the corporation, like the kind of the last of the you know Motown as a factory, yeah, where teams of people working together. So the corporation was Freddie Perrin, uh, the Mizell brothers, yeah. uh, Jam Master Jay's uncles. Wow. Uh, and Barry Gordy. And Barry, and, and Deke uh, Richards. Richard, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So basically they wrote, like, I Want You Back, and, like, all the Jackson 5 yeah. early young hits. Um, then he wrote, like, he worked with the Silvers, did Boogie the Fever. Silvers, yep. Uh, Glory Gaynor, I Will Survive. Survive. A little song called It's So Hard to Say Goodbye. Travaris, then he did Travaris. Yeah, Travaris, all the Travaris stuff, um, like more than gosh. a woman. And, and one of the big ones was that uh, Saturday night. Uh, yeah, Saturday night. If I can't have you for yeah. Divine Element, yeah, yeah, he was so reunited. Yeah, yeah reunited, shake your groove thing, Damn. all the peaches and herbs. Yeah, he wrote a few good songs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So never heard of him anyway. <laughs> and I remember recording when they came in and said we were in the middle of recording when they said came in and bought Freddie Perrin a song. And he says, man, listen to these little kids. This little kid sounds just like Michael Jackson. And guess what it was? <laughs> New edition. New edition. Candy Girl. Oh, and we were sitting in there listening to it. Wow. <laughs> Wait, he, I think he produced Under the Blue Moon. Moon, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. He sure did. The, that the was oldies do I New bought edition. that. I have that on vinyl still. Yeah, after yeah. The, yeah. yeah. But we sat there, we listened to it, and he was like, oh, oh. This, uh, this cat is uh, pretty cool. Little did he know. Yeah. <laughs> Little yeah. did you know. Little did, Little you know, did I yeah. know. Little yeah. did you know. Yeah. I was in recording my first album when that, that single, when they wow. heard the single. You yeah, sure but did. even, okay, so there's one name on the credit of your very first record <laughs> that is killing me. Uh-huh. How the hell did Lawrence, Lawrence Hilton Jim Jacobs Jacob. <laughs> wind up playing keyboards on Freddy, your first boom, boom, Washington. Washington. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Wow. wow. Yeah, he was a writer. Or Joe Jackson. He was a writer. <laughs> yeah. Give Jackson. me some ice cream, Catherine. <laughs> Please give me some ice cream. <laughs> but he was a writer. I didn't know he was a yeah, writer. He was I knew a, he had an album out. Yeah, he was a writer, and he wrote the song, I'm Sorry. And uh, yeah, yeah. And I was in. Oh, know. he submitted the song to you, and that's how. Yeah, and he worked well. He submitted it to, uh, to, to uh, Freddie Perrin. Okay. And that's how it uh, came about. And I was like, when he walked in, I was like, yo. That's Freddie Boom Boom Washington. <laughs> I knew when I when I uh, came to uh, Los Angeles that that was going to be my home, and uh, I knew it. I was like, "Listen, uh, I'm coming back here. This is where I'm going to live." And I was just a kid. Did at you? That time. I mean, did you feel as though? Well, I mean, back then, I don't like Col Coltillion. How do you pronounce it? Coltillion. Yeah, Coltillion. Yeah. Them as what were they? What was it like as a label? To be on Cotillion because it wasn't straight up Atlantic, 
But I mean, I didn't know the difference. I was a kid that was walking in the blind. Were your parents managing no, you, or like? No, I had a, a young man by the name of uh, Bill Underwood, Mr. William Underwood. Very well that known. Name? Yeah. yeah, he was. Uh, you know, like I said, in a lot of, in my life, I've had a pretty deep army for <laughs> yeah. many years. And he had a baby. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> and you know, he he. Just, you know, he was like a brother and a father figure to me. And he really, really, really um, just protected me and taught me the game. And it was funny because Atlantic, you know, even when I recorded my first album and they put it out, Nobody didn't tell me that, you know, your record didn't sell but two copies, right? I didn't know. I'm like, I had no idea that what I did was a failure or a success. I didn't know nothing about anything. All I know is you go in, you record, and back then, to get a record deal, that was something huge. And I just, I always assume that means you're going to be a star. Like, it never dawned on me, like, oh, wow, the first one didn't work. I had no idea. I was just doing so what it was, was. What was promotion like? Because again, I knew of you. Yeah. I didn't hear your music. I didn't hear it on the radio in right. Philadelphia until yeah. I saw Hot Tracks. But like, what was promotion like back then? We had to go to radio stations. We was going from station to station, and uh, God bless Frankie Cock Crocker at the time. Frankie and I became great friends later, and I'll never forget uh, him and Bill going at it. <laughs> Which Bill? But that was his Bill Underwood. Underwood. And they used to, they were, I mean, but they were really tight. Um, Okay. um, But, you know, I, Cotillion was a label, and I, everybody kept saying, I don't know what happened or what did you do to, uh, to, to Henry Allen, who was the president of Atlanta Cotillion Records at the time, Mm -hmm. because he was a tough, tough, tough guy. And some reason he took a liking to me, and it was like listening. He's like, "Yeah, Johnny, little Johnny, yeah, yeah, gonna be a big star. <laughs> yep, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna move you back to DC because we had moved to, to Columbus, Georgia. Right. And he says, "Wait, why? Why? Because my mom was getting back with my dad. And, oh, okay. And so my dad bought this house, and I'll never forget. He bought this house, and we didn't like it. And I'll never forget. We were all talking and asking him about maybe." finding something else for us. And we actually, I remember walking in the front yard of this particular house, and I had my hands in my pockets, and I was looking up, and I was like, man, what I wouldn't do to be in Stacy's shoes right about now. Mm. And why did I get a call a few days later from Stacy saying, hey, I talked to the um, president of the, uh, uh, of, uh, of the label about you, and he wants you to make a... A, a tape he wants to hear your voice I made a my demo was a $29 tape recorder where you put <laughs> and record <laughs> and that was it the Radio Shack joints yeah yeah what did you sing on it I sang uh, uh, The Greatest Love of All and Peebo Bryson's Feel the Fire wow and I remember him calling me and asking me to sing over the phone, and I sing uh, the Manhattan uh, Darling, uh, Shining Star. Right. And so he had me to sing that for 
everybody on the phone. Then he went upstairs to the next thing and put me on again and asked me, yeah, yep, yep, sing it, sing, sing it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, little Johnny, have you ever been on a plane before? I said, no, sir. He goes, yeah, we're going to fly you up here. We're going to put you on a plane and we're going to fly you up. You know, you're going to be a big star. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I got to ask you. <laughs> All right, so your voice is... It's very unusual. I mean, no, even Tell us now, why. What do you think? Well, it's just that uh, it's very, I think it's for people to use that much power in their baritone. Are you naturally a baritone? Like, yeah. what are you? Yeah, baritone. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. I don't, strong baritones to me, usually like, even even in, well, Barry White is bass, but I'm saying usually baritones are more soft. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. But you're like Mack truck. <laughs> going a hundred miles per hour. How do you ex- like? How do you train your voice? Are you the type of that just sings all day in the house and? No, like, I think. Well, my mom used to tell me that all the time, and I used to. She used to go, "Okay, John R." We still. I asked my mom just recently. I said, "Mom, what does the R stand for?" She goes, "I don't know." Still, <laughs> so, John she's R. always called me John R. So, <laughs> so <laughs> she used to go, "John R, can you shut the door?" And I, I would be in the room singing, playing the piano, and singing, and uh, and you know, I told her later, I was like, "Yeah, mom." Uh, so uh, what you got to say now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. what you saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I meant like, do you traditionally like Seth but, Riggs train? No, no, me, never. Me, me, me. No. <laughs> you you know, it's crazy. Is this room too cold for your One voice day? right now? <laughs> no. Okay. I can okay. sing. None anyway. of those things? Okay. Yeah, I, this... I actually can sing in my sleep. I've been okay. known to do that. Ooh, oh, what do you wait? Is Johnny the first singer singer we ever had yeah. on the show? Yeah, if he said all, right. all that, then yeah, he does. So know. I have so many questions about you know, and God bless you Outside know, Luther's not here I and mean, everything. Yeah. You've heard everything like, oh, the air got to be off, right. my throat closes. Is yeah. that real or is that just psychosomatic? Absolutely. Absolutely, is it real? Absolutely, because if I'm around cigarette smoke, I can still sing, but you, it makes it tough. It makes it tough. Uh, to be able to do the things that you want to do vocally, but I can still get through it. But I've had places where I've seen where there's the cigarette smoke is going, and it's like, hey, this is not good. <laughs> so for a vocal so, session, how long can you go balls to the wall hard before you're you're wearing out and you have to? Back in the day, I could go nonstop. These days, give me about a good uh, hour. Maybe so, and then I'm going to do like Aretha. She comes in and sing them down two or three times and go, okay, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Didn't Babyface tell me that he, he's also one take? Yeah. yeah. When Babyface did our show, he, he said you did one song. It was just like, all right, that's it, one take. Yeah. That's yeah. it. I did it. <laughs> and I can go about an hour. And and it's funny because I always sit and listen and go, no, 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 I think I can do that better. No, no, no. So I'm one of those kind. But after a while, I you know, when it wears down, and then I'll sit. Rest it for a minute, and if it feels like I can still go again, I'll go. Come on, let's rock, let's go. <laughs> like, is part of that you just don't want to overthink it? I, I think part of it is just that you know, you the voice. It's there's a it's a muscle, and it's like no matter how much you know you do right. to vocalize and exercise and make it strong, it's like anything else. It gives out at some point where it's just like I ain't got it there. There's been many a nights I didn't have a voice, 
And then you go into showman, showman uh, <laughs> mode, right. where it's just, I'm like, okay. All Is right. that like now y'all sing? <laughs> that, now you're singing, and then I can go from. Oh, the Robert Bearshaw Brown method? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just find ways to get around it. And I've always been able to just figure it out, even though you know it's like I'm not where I need to be, and I know I can't get there, but it's like I'll figure out a way to get it, make it work, make it happen. Okay, I have the a- other day, matter of fact, last what was it, a couple of days ago, I was playing. Um, I just played. Uh, what was it? That's one you know when you travel yeah. so much. I just played uh, uh, somewhere just a couple of days ago, and the the uh, track gave out. Oh, and this was for this event that I was doing, so I only had to do a couple of numbers, and I wasn't going to leave there. They did not want to, would not let me leave without singing my my mind. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm going, okay, now what the hell are we going to do here? Because the sound, my, my engineer, the sound guy, he was going, it just got frozen. I don't know. I can't, I can't it's not even in here. I can't get it. So Shout I'm out like, to great engineers the, all over the world. So I'm thinking, I'm going, oh, what the hell? So you know what I did? Because there was a band that was playing that was going to play even after I finished. So I told them, I said, you know, <clears throat> I said, when I came in, you guys was in here jamming. And I said, I was truly inspired, and you guys sound really good. And I said, why don't you guys come on up here with me, and let's just jam a little bit. And that's how I started My My My, and we rocked it into that and kind of smoothed into that to have everybody else to sing along with me because I didn't have the backgrounds, all the other stuff. And it was like everybody was just in there rocking, like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and, and one of my buddies looked and at they me knew and goes, they knew the bridge and everything? And they knew the bridge. And he said, <laughs> okay. oh, my God. He said, bro, did you just... Yo, what you did you do you know what you just did? <laughs> and I said, Yeah, I had to think on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the best do. The best do that. Uh-huh. Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Schmurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, 
you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire. But when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Farian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, so... <laughs> All right, I'm I'm trying to rush the entire history. And well, can only I just ask one Stacey Ladisaw question real well, quick? We're about to go back to that. Oh, good. Okay, uh-huh. good, 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 good. Okay. But okay, so of course the 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 Walden Jackson uh, Glass team produced the Stacey Ladisaw album with you. Uh huh. The perfect combination. Perfect combination album. album. Yeah. Um. Okay. Is Nard is one of my drumming idols. Yeah. And every time I see him, I think he's trying to hypnotize me because he has a very cunning effect. Really, really lovey. You know, yeah, well, you know. How's your spirit? Yes! Is he that cosmic? Are you happy? Is he that cosmic 24-7? 24-7. Where sometimes you start rubbing, you go... Hey, hey, listen, I don't need a massage. I'm cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> he is like the, you know, like the, the brothers in the airport that like he's do the Harry Christian like, thing, like walk up. He he's just came so... out of nowhere on me at LAX one time. Like, brother, I just want to say. Yeah. I said, Nora to Michael Walton? He said, yes, brother. I just want to say it's such a blessing to see you on late night television. <laughs> And he just whispered me to sleep. I thought he was hypnotizing me. <laughs> like, literally, he just told me. I, I tell you, the universe, I tell you, man, it is, it's very few special musicians like you come along, you know? Oh, we got to get him. We, we, yeah. yeah. oh, we got to No, but he's going <laughs> to hypnotize us That's to fine. sleep. Oh, my God. Sounds nice. Yeah. I could be a nice rest. He wrote, enough, he wrote and produced enough of my favorite songs. Oh, yeah, yeah. He wrote a lot. I mean, he's he, he done a do lot. That. Yeah, from Angela Bowfield to Ooh, Lisa Franklin. Why you have to say her first? That's my favorite. Um, Whitney Houston. Mm. I mean, this goes on. I was going to say, literally, your for your first three records, including the 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 duo album, you literally worked with everyone that would normally be on Clive Davis's uh, speed dial. Call, speed right, dial right. without ever having to be on Arista Records. Right. Wow, which is kind of weird. To, so basically, you just didn't have the the muscle at at Wea, right? Whatever to, be, to yeah to push you through. Was yeah. it hard for them to try to figure out hard how to market you? Because like absolutely by that point, hip hop had settled in and it's sort of like you weren't teeny bopper at all. Right. So absolutely, how is it? How is it to see? 
banal minutia or kids kids music sort of just pass you by while you're like hello what am i chopped liver like well that's back then at least and now that's when the universe aligned everything up and i became a part of a group called new edition Remember, New Edition was these kids, was this this boy band that was they considered or called them bubblegum, a mm-hmm. bubblegum group. Um, so when I joined them, the thing about their fans, the only thing that they knew of me, and they would say, because I was just, I, you know, the talk of being a new guy, uh, was, have you guys heard that new guy that can sing? That was like the, <laughs> oh shit! And I mean, they weren't singing. I don't think they were singing. Right, right. Book, but that was the way they de- described me. And it was like almost like okay, so singing is is cool. Oh, that's it's in because I mean they loved the group, so it was always and they and they had their following. Singing so, is a novelty now. <laughs> so you know, I mean, think about it from us, and then there was the Jodeces and the Boys, the Men, mm-hmm. and the list. So the whole being singing thing was like, oh, that's the end thing. And then you start hearing people going, oh, that can't sing. They can sing. He can't sing. And it was like, you're going, wow, okay. But that's, it was just perfect time. And I often say, I think with that and with them, um, the way that happened, that was really what uh, gave me the exposure that I needed. And I think for even a younger generation to appreciate just me being a vocalist. I wasn't the greatest dancer. I was just a vocalist. Where did you meet them? And what did it mean for you to just kind of not take a backseat, but to be a team member or be one-fifth of a situation and just have patience until as opposed to having your own thing your turn so one when did you meet them and then how did you we we who, crossed who'd path. you nuance a relationship with first we actually crossed paths many times um they show that on the movie that y'all knew each other before yeah he, for, before i even became mm-hmm. yeah we were just on a couple of shows several shows mm-hmm. and we're talking yo what's happening all that kind of stuff um but um i you know we we hung out uh, briefly, and then um, uh, I want to say Michael was probably the one business that uh, yeah. you know that that I was at a show at a concert, a Whispers concert in L.A. He was the one that uh, said, "Yo, can let me holler at you for a minute." <laughs> yes, John. You one man so, show. Are you? Yo. Do you prank call people? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know you do. And he goes, do you, uh, so let me ask you a question. Like, 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 do you feel like you got your just do, like, as a singer? And I looked and I did this and I went. Mm. He pulled out his empty pocket. <laughs> no, <show>. not really. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he asked me and invited me to come to lunch the next day with them. And I was like, sure, because I was in L.A. I wasn't doing anything. And went to lunch, and I'm thinking nothing about it. Then he he asked me, uh, hey, you want to come check our show out? Because we were playing. They was doing the ice capades or something. So I said, yeah, no problem. Then he calls me. <laughs> I'm sorry, me. wait. Ice capades, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Is that doesn't exist anymore? Is that not a thing? No, just New Edition oh. and ice capades. <laughs> <laughs> they actually performed at the ha- somewhere in there. New Edition on ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a halftime show. Just a halftime. I know. I'm not clowning. So, Guys, don't kill so, me. I love y'all. <laughs> so then they asked me. They invited me to to lunch again the next day, and I'm going, what the hell? I said, um, yeah, I'll come. And that's when we sat around and started talking, and then they asked me about um, being a part of the group. They were talking about they wanted to go back to 
having a five a, five, a fifth mm-hmm. member so that it can the choreography can look more effective mm-hmm. and more. Little did I know it was far from what that was. <laughs> I had no idea that there was the kind of turmoil that was going on inside of that group. But right. It was just something that just happened. But you know, ultimately, um, uh, I believe that uh, it was just fate and destiny that this was where we were supposed to be. It was always so interesting that they went with a voice that was so different from, than from the Rouse. one, yeah, 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 or or and from Bobby's, like the one that was gone. It was that was well. That's well. You got to give Mike credit. Mike said, Mike said, you know, our audience is growing up, and mm. they get tired he of like so he kept saying, "Y'all, it's the bubblegum sound that people connecting us with." Like you know, we got to grow up with our audience. So his whole thing was like, "Yo, your voice." <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so explain to me, in hindsight, of course, and I, you know, I, I see, of course, we all seen the biopic. Uh-huh. Uh, Steve, yes. You, you yeah, even me. Okay, yes. No yeah. way, Which really? channel was BET? He <laughs> 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 thought it was a jury's bringing right. <laughs> Okay, so just explain to me what, not even the division of labor, but what is truly when you're in a five man group, like who is sort of the captain of it that makes decisions, or is everything totally just diplomatic and we all get five man say? Listen, or is it's it always constantly just a bunch of madness? Tug of war. And I haven't say tug of war. Tug of war for for. <laughs> <laughs> for for uh, power, a <laughs> struggle for power. Who wants to be the leader? And when did you it's, feel empowered to be able to use your voice? Because, I mean, you're the late one on the... Well, I came in immediately Uh-oh. and said, I was watching two guys that were the security guys, and they were running, picking up girls from the airport, going to the store, taking people... I mean, it was nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. And they're looking at me, and I'm looking at them, and I'm going, yo, and they were like... We haven't slept in days. It's like it's nonstop, nonstop trying to handle four or five guys. Teenage. So I, I said, you know what? I called a meeting. I'm the new guy. I called a meeting. And I said, you know, um, these guys are out here and they're supposed to be protecting us. And they got our lives in their hands. And I said, the last thing that I want is some disgruntled worker here who's claiming that they're working hard and they're saying they're really totally underpaid. Mm-hmm. I think that at the end of the day that we're going to have to figure out a system that allows them to feel good. I know their job is to protect us, but they'll go the extra mile when you got great hard workers and you, you show appreciation. And I said, so we need to sit down and figure this out. And so we came out of the room and successfully got them uh, a raise. And they thought, Johnny for president. <laughs> <laughs> I'm protecting him you first. Knew you, you knew what no, you were doing. You knew what you were doing. You knew what you were doing. Know, I was standing there. I was an out, outsider. So I'm standing there looking at all this stuff that's going on. And, you know, and for me, when I joined the group, the thing is I always had, still had um, obligations to Motown. Well, actually MCA, but when Gerald Busby moved over to Motown. Uh, I got to ask so many Gerald Busby yeah. questions. Okay. So, so when I did that, I, I knew I still had an opportunity as an artist to be able to express myself artistically. So it didn't matter to me about being a part of the group. As a matter of fact, I often said that it was about teaching me and giving me balance. To be able to be a team player and play 
It's like being on the basketball team and knowing what your role is and then actually being able to go out at some point and do what I needed to do uh, as an artist. I always knew that. So I was always comfortable with whatever role that they, I had to play. Jim, listen, Terry Lewis told me when we got there and sat at the table to start recording, when I first when I came there with them, he said, you're probably not going to sing uh, on this album. I said, wow. okay. I said, no, no problem. Just whatever you guys need me to do. No pun and intended. He said, was it never... heartbreaking? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you what I did do, though. Sing I became a demo singer because I was singing most of the stuff that they would sing, and then they would come back and Rick would sing the stuff that I was doing. I was like, oh, so I'm a demo singer here, huh? Oh, wow. But it didn't so you sang all five parts? <laughs> so somewhere, so somewhere do, there might exist a version of the album. I, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say that how intense were non-Brook Payne uh, tasks in this period of New Edition? As in, do you guys do vocal rehearsals? Do you guys decide harmonies? Like, is no, it- we left that all up to Jimmy and Terry. Uh, Brooke handled all of the choreography stuff. Right. I'll never forget the day that they asked me about <laughs> joining the group. And we went over to Ronnie's house, and they had Brooke to meet us over there. And so Brooke goes, okay, so, well, let me see what it is. Can, can, can he do the cross step? And he was like, yo, can you, Jay, can, can you just do the cross step? And it was that stuff. And then Brooke looked. <laughs> oh, the Brooke, two step? Uh, yeah. Brooke looked and just went. Really, you like the video? Like the video? Do I look like God? (laughs) (laughs) You had two left feet like that? Oh yeah, man! Not even a two step, a little not even a two. I was a church boy. What did I say? Did they make that note? So there was no dancing, no no secular stuff at all. No, I mean the only secular stuff that we would get was doing family um, um, a cookout when you would hear Marvin Gaye, right? um, some of the other ones, but other than that, there was nothing but church music in our house. All, all so all just the long. Holy Ghost dancing. That's it. That was it. Wait, so, so any heartbreak though, right? No. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, so it's, he had to work. All right. So any heartbreak long, was hard. How long did it oh. take? That choreography was oh, real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How long did it take uh, for you to finally catch on? Wow, we did. Gosh, that's some. It was a while. It was a while because what Brooke would do, he makes you rehearse and. In front of the mirror. Mm-hmm. Well, when you learn dances in front of a mirror, for me, because I'm not a dancer, I'm like, you, you learn these routines in front of a mirror, then he removes the mirror. Mm-hmm. Now you have to learn it and you have to have remember, memorize it and the form and all that stuff. So it was almost like, fuck it, just let me start right now. Just remember it from here without the mirror so I can just have it down. <laughs> Versus, it's like, no, you got to learn and see what the form is, what you're doing with the hands, where everybody's hands are. So it was a freaking nightmare. What was the logic of, all right, so when I first seen uh, your first tour with them, uh huh, you guys used the Temptation microphone setup? Yeah, yep. What was the logic in that? And also, anytime you guys perform, you never... Did the traditional uh, format right, across? Right. You always yeah. did the diagonal thing. Yeah. What was the logic behind that? Well, because it would work for the for for the choreography because of the different stuff that we was doing that was intricate. So it was like we were switching mics and switching positions, and so he would sit them the, the mics in positions where their best work for everybody because at the end somebody was going to be over here on this side somebody's going to be on this side just based on the routines mm-hmm. so and the that the, the 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 five mic thing was really that our whole 
Temptations kind of uh, tribute thing. Okay, tribute thing. But it was like we did uh, our little medley there on those on the mics. But everything had like Brooke just had an eye and of that was just out of this world. And he would have you doing stuff where you go, it doesn't make sense to me until it all comes together and you go, oh damn. So all the <laughs> staging and the creativity that usually is like Brooke's yeah, brainchild. Yeah, and- yeah. And then you would think. Oh man, is he just picking on me? He goes, and he would make us go through each. We would have to go through the whole show from the beginning to the end, all together. Then you go one by one to go through the whole show. Wait, what? And if you mess up, one you, by start, one. you start all, all over, over again. Start back at the top. That's true. Can you imagine what I had wow. to do? <laughs> oh. I don't think you understand. <laughs> but you got it now, right? Because y'all still do shows every once in a again. You're not the you're not the one that falls short anymore. Like no, no, no. Okay. Mike is all always right. the one that will go left, and then we go, Mike, Mike, that's the wrong one. Nah, y'all wrong, man. This is the right way. So this is the right one, isn't it? <laughs> Everybody else going this way. <laughs> All right, so since we're here, Jam just hit me now and says, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. ask him why did he hate singing Boys to Men? Oh, that's the song. Yeah. Dang, Johnny. Yeah. You know, when Terry told me, he says, you're probably not going to sing any songs on the album. And then I wind up start singing these songs like Can't Stand in the Rain and doing ad-libs and all that stuff. And I'm going, shoot, I'm thinking, why can't you sing that song? So, right. And um, after out of all those great songs, the very last song that they they, they decided they was going to let me do a lead full lead on was Boys to Men. So I'm going, oh, this isn't some, some political bullshit. <laughs> I was like, okay, really? I, I think they just messing with me now because they just, and I said, oh, okay, so they're going to give me this piece of bull to sing as a whole full song. And so I said, like you know what? messages in the oh, song? Wait, time out. Wait, wait, time out though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And so I was that, mad. That, I was really mad, like angry. trying to tell you to grow up? But wait a minute. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> It's 19... All right, that one came out in 87, correct? 88. Yeah, 88. It's 80, so I'm assuming you recorded it in 87? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Jam and Lewis are at the height of their powers at this point. Yeah. You had an opinion on a Jam and Lewis song? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In 87? Yeah, because you got to remember, I had already sang uh, on Can You Stand the Rain and um, um, uh, You're Not My Kind of Girl... Um, and any uh, heartbreak, uh, any heartbreak, and I'm they let me unleash, and then it was like, okay, now we're gonna give you a song for yourself, and I'm going, the hell, like uh, really, and so I'm listening to the track before there was even because there was no vocals on there. Just I was gonna track. say, how do you get a song? Who demo? Were you, you demoed all the songs on Heartbreak first? I didn't demo all of them. I did. I just would on most of them. Some I would do ad libs, come in, do something a verse. Somebody else come in. He'll let somebody have somebody else to, to mimic or whatever I did, and then they'll just kind of blend whatever they would do. But but this is what I'm trying to get out of Jam and Lewis, which they never answer, is when they're creating songs together. Uh huh. Who's creating that song that that they eventually play to the artist? Like you never heard the. No, oh my God, I never heard Jim, Jimmy Jam sing. You never heard Jimmy. Oh my God, are you who's singing me? it? I gotta find. I'm gonna send you a couple of them. Oh. Jam is singing, and when he sings, and oh sound? my God, the it's blackness. like <laughs> that's you what it, that's know. What it is, isn't it? I'm yeah. typing right now. <laughs> I okay. swear to you, he's telling me what your voice sounds like on a demo. <laughs> oh my! Come on, Johnny, God. you can do any voice. What's the Jimmy Jam on record? What's that sound like? Na 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 
<laughs> so it's, it's, it's like so, listening to Rod Timberton's demo of then you uh, Rock so, With You. So James, like so, Timberton, so okay. how do you want me to do the, what's called, you know, do your the Johnny, the, do the you skills See, I always thought it would have been Terry that did the demo. No, uh, uh, Terry writes Jam, the words. Terry does, yeah, uh, uh, Jerry, uh, Terry would do the lyrics and stuff, mm-hmm. but Jam would sing the melodies for you, and I used to go, ooh, I want to wow. keep these, I'm going to keep these. <laughs> <laughs> you got them? Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Ooh. So I was mad. And I kept saying, okay, so oh, so now y'all just playing bullshit games now, huh? This is some <laughs> political bullshit. Wow. I, so well, did you say, can I get a better song? Or like, no, again, do you I have, just felt like the power to ask that? No, I just said, okay, so you want to play with me? I said, I'm going to sing the shit out of this song. <laughs> oh, so I'm going to show y'all about fucking with me. Yo. And that's why I Fair went in there. Bill. I was mad. Fair hold, use. On, hold on, And I sang mad as hell. I was like, okay, yeah, you want to play with me? That was you mad? That was me mad. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Because I kept thinking, man, this is bullshit. All these good songs, they going to give me this one? Did anybody see the uh, the Drew Hill unsung? Oh, fuck, I didn't see no. it. There's no, such I didn't a thing? see it yet. Yeah, yes, it's, it's new. It's, it's brand new. Yeah. Yeah, Cisco has the same story pretty much about uh, sleeping, somebody sleeping in my bed. He did not want to sing that song. Oh. And so the performance he gave was he was just mad. He said, like, I'm going to sing the fuck out of this song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I did with our wow. voice Well, And then I, all of a I would naturally think that you would want to sing the fuck right, out yeah, of yeah, every yeah. song you get. <laughs> no. Right, right. You know. <laughs> like, let me sleep through my, my, my. All right, <laughs> now, my, my, my? <sighs> I recorded that song you and said I you hated thought, that too. I didn't it's not that I hated it. I wasn't sure about that one. And I kept saying, ah, I don't know about this what one. What part man. was the unsure? Because uh, because they were talking about if we recorded it uh, and and um Gerald Busby was like, "Yeah, I think this might be your 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 next single. This is probably going to be your signature song." And I was like, "Really?" And I kept saying, "Um I mean, it's cool, but I don't What'd you know. like? What'd, what'd you like? I don't know about that one. What was your single? What'd, what'd you thought? What did you think it should be? Um, off of that album, Feel So Much Better was one of those songs that I was just like, okay. Bruh, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> Feel So Much Better. Yes. Bum, so, bum, yo, I, my favorite shit about dun, dun. that song right there, Karen White's background vocals. Yes, it's Karen singing yes. that. When yes. she hits that melody. Yo, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. So I was kind of on that vibe. So oh, I was Fonte where I need him. I know. And I remember telling Cherry, uh, we were still, rec- uh, we had just pretty much finished. I did my very last song I recorded was uh, Lady Du Jour. And I oh, remember damn. telling telling Terry, I said, I looked at him, I said, do you think um, we got enough? And Terry looked at me and said, we got way more than enough, Negro. Goodbye. Get out of here. You're gone. Oh, you, you trying to pull more songs than them? I just didn't. I was so feeling like, do I have enough? Is this album going to be uh, enough of what people was ex- you know, Bruh, expecting? That album is fucking perfect. Okay, so wait. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you, because again, you are a maverick singer. So let me ask you, do you respect the art of simplicity? Absolutely, but like, I, can you can you embrace a song that won't allow you to do your default gymnastics? Absolutely, absolutely. But in hindsight, back then, could you see it? Back then, no, no. Terry used to be like, "You ain't got nothing to prove. This, we, you don't have nothing to prove." It was like at that point, there was a point where you just going, you would just go. Every time I would go, I would go all in. It was like I'm showing you motherfucking something, because <laughs> if you doubt me, I'm gonna show you. So I always thought it was that. So you would you go zero who? to hundred in three zero seconds, and they stop the tape and be like, "No, <laughs> just sing the melody, simple." Sing the melody, and then they go, "Okay, now, now do your Johnny, now go <laughs> do Johnny." So, so you have an arrangement with them, like, "Okay, 
I'll sing the song here, but then y'all then gonna give go, me. Okay, give me your Johnny Gill. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I so, laugh. <laughs> okay, and, and and let me tell you, it was crazy because the first person that told me and taught me, or at least at that point, I still wasn't there uh, and mature enough to understand it. But Luther told me one day. He said, "You know my favorite all-time Johnny Gill song." And I said, "What?" He said, wait, 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 Luther was nice to you? Yeah. I was one of the only people. Let me tell you what would happen. Me, I swear to you. Wait, me, me and like, like, yo, it's, yes. it's a miracle. He said Luther, he liked what? I've never heard you. a nice Luther story ever. People, the whole crew used to be happy when I would walk in or come to one of the shows and they go, yo, Johnny's here. Because men used to go at it. Just joning on each other, like yes, going nonstop, and the, he used to be, and all you could hear in there is us screaming. He used to call me, <laughs> and would call and go, "Listen," he said, "This is the song I'm getting ready to release as a single, and um, tell me what you think." So you play it, and I go, "I think that shit sucks." And he goes, "You can say that I go, to Luther Vandross," and I go, "You should probably get that to me." <laughs> <laughs> so one year he beats me out of the Grammy uh, with Here Now, and that was going okay. to my mouth. Right. So he used to have these movie nights over his house where, I mean, we everybody who's who used to come. So every time I would go over there, he had this little case where he has the, uh, <laughs> the Grammys, and I would go over there and I start hitting the case, going, <laughs> "Give me my <laughs> Grammy, give me my Grammy," and he goes, "Security." <laughs> That's our first Luther story. <laughs> the man, I'm awesome. telling you, if you oh, knew, man. if you knew Luther, he missed his calling. You talking about somebody who was funny as hell oh. and was quick on his feet? Yeah, yo, he was freaking pure genius. Could he take a joke? I'm like, oh you, yeah, you, know, you got to stay away from things yeah. with Luther. Like I can't make no fat jokes. No, you know no. Like, we we used to talk about his Jericho. We was like, yo, you know, you only got <laughs> half of it. Only took up here, right? He <laughs> 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 goes, he goes. <laughs> he goes, I got curly hair. And I said, no, 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 no. You got a half curly hair. I said, this don't even take up in here. So, we, we, But I never had to work with him like that. So it was always ah. just fun. Like when we would talk, he came one year. I got so plastered at my uh, New Year's uh, uh, party. I never made it past 12 o'clock. I was drinking, drinking champagne, I mean, drinking wine. And Luther came. It was we had this band. Everybody's playing, and he was hanging out. And that, I passed out before twelve o'clock. Luther called me one, the next day and said, "Man, shh, man, that was a hell of a party." He said, "You should have been there." Screw <laughs> 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 you, man! Wait a minute. It just hit me. It just hit me right now. One question that we never asked we him: got, What? How do we? How do they ever orchestrate? A Luther Vandross, Bell Bib DeVoe, yeah, <laughs> Janet Jackson, Janet Jackson yeah. song idea, which I know was recorded in Minnesota. For, so I know you have to be free. around in proximity. Were you nowhere really? around when this happened? No, the I'm best things even, in life. Yeah, are free. the best yeah. things in life. Okay. It's Luther, Bell Bib DeVoe, and really? Janet I didn't Jackson really yeah. think I knew for that. the Mo Money soundtrack. Right for the Mo Money. Yeah. Oh, because I did my own on yeah, that. Yeah, you one. had Let's Just Run Away. I had Let's one. Just Run Away. Oh, yeah, that's my shit. Wow, yes. That is simple. my all-time That was a joint. simple, simplistic kind of a joint that we just had that to George go, George okay. Duke sample. That was my joint. Yeah. 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 yeah, but, I, yeah we got to talk about the soundtrack run, too. Yeah, but like, right, go ahead, we also got to talk about LRG. So I just, I, I mean, not LRG. I mean, LSG. Lord, LSG. Yes, look yes, at we'll that LSG. Yo, I just. I was, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, a lot. Yeah, I did my own on that one. I remember. I'll never forget that. 
Okay, so when you are, all right, so you and Luther never had a professional relationship, so you could be cordial with each other. Yeah, we was, it was always fun. But, <laughs> fun. okay, give us an example of like, okay, so when you're doing like Black Men United or something, <laughs> I mean, when it's time for Gladiator sport, yeah, yeah. how do you, now I've seen someone one night, speaking of LSG, okay, so we were doing, this is so weird to say. <laughs> the Roots and Chico DeBarge yes, nah. were doing a show together at, like, uh, uh, L.A. What's the outdoor? Uh, Hollywood Bowl or something like that? Uh-huh. This must have been pre-D'Angelo. <laughs> no, it was actually phrenology period. Oh. 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 <laughs> so it was anyway, post-D'Angelo. Right. But the thing, the thing was is that so Joe and Chico are doing – uh, no guarantees. I yeah, think that was their join mm-hmm, together. Mm-hmm. And so by this point, we had just got friendly with uh, uh, Gerald Levert. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah because yeah. he was part. Of, he was part of the do break you off, right? <laughs> yeah. So you know he's hanging with us backstage, and so he's he's backstage and he's watching uh, Chico and 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 Joe like trying to get the women all riled up and all that stuff and everything. And he's looking at. Him, he's like, man. He's like, yeah, I should be good. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what, what do you mean? He's like, man, I should just go out there and, 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 Still and get him. <laughs> I know that's yeah. the truth. Literally. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I can't help myself. And he ran out on stage. Uh-huh. And then, like, yeah. <laughs> it was like deflating a balloon. Yeah. <laughs> he that's took Chico's microphone and just started. And none of the muscles minded anymore. And literally the art, like, yeah. it was the craziest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. So with that type of gladiator sport yeah. with singing, it's not now because, again, it's like singers are a novelty today. Yeah, yeah. But back then, how how did you nuance it so that you wouldn't hurt people's feelings? <laughs> me and Gerald used to, I swear to you, Gerald would call me and go, hey, I'm getting ready to do this show in Chicago, blah, blah, blah's on there, blah, blah, blah's on there, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tear their asses up. Where you at? You coming? I'm like, I'm on my way. So, and we would actually, <laughs> we would double team. <laughs> I swear to God. I would call them sometime and they'd go, yo, I'm doing a show in, in Vegas. I got blah, blah, blah's on there, blah, blah, blah. Let's go and light their ass up. He goes, I'm coming. I'm on my way. <laughs> we used to double team. All right. Is there, is there, without, you know, because we're not gotcha journalism or anything. <laughs> Who would you say? Who did you have a friendly rivalry with? At least, like in terms of like that you wanted to go at, but not not level for sport. Because again, I know that your level of singing is is out mm. of this world. But just are you know like? You want me to be honest? You yeah. and Albie, well, I'm gonna be really honest. Yes, and, yes. and it's not even like it was a rivalry, a friendly rivalry, because. I just never particularly cared for for Brian McKnight. Oh, um, and so every I'm time, I'll be back, y'all. Every time I would get on the show or go on the show with him, you best believe you're gonna see Johnny tearing that house inside out, and it was all, it's always been personal. Wow. I just never. Wait, I listen. Wait, you're not like I'm trying to be all politically correct on this show. <laughs> Make the artist feel safe. And- yeah, and he knows it. I mean, it's not DC. So what happened with him? It's just something that happened in the past that was just like what's her this, name? This guy always just kind of made it. Like, what's her name? He was cool, and then he was just one of those guys. Sometimes he got like I don't. I can't deal with 
Sometimes people, one minute Ooh. they cool with you, the next minute you see them, they I act know like that's they don't right, know you. John. Like I'm from DC, and I'm just so one, I'm consistent. Shit. The guy that you see today, you'll see next week, next year, mm-hmm. and the following. And so I was like, yo. So sometimes and he acts new on you. Yeah, so I've seen Still? him on, on. Well, we don't talk. Okay. We see each other. We've been in the same building. He can tell you what the smoke feels like and smell like, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but we don't talk. We don't I love even. You, Johnny Gill. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Gill. I'm just saying. <laughs> 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 I, I, wow. My, my, my. <laughs> and you know, that's the only thing that I had. My issue was with him was just, I don't like people that are inconsistent. And when you, I've seen him when he first started and his, how much he, and he was influenced by me and all the other things. And, and then you watch this guy over time and then you see him and it was like, hey, what's happening? He act like you know you. And then the next time you see him, he return and act like he, you go, yo, what's up, man? And he's kind of like the, uh, give me that and it was like hey yo for real okay. so one night we're playing and he was opening no he was the headliner for the new edition show what? he wanted to close he wanted to close and we was like he wanted to close what? for real we was like I oh. love when people want to close so I was like okay you always say we that we was like okay yes we had an issue where in I think it was in uh, Westbury and uh, Mike and I think Ron they was in a the car and their car got was in traffic or something so the show needed to get started and the right. show was running really really far behind so right. we had asked him if he would go on first and then we would just close and right. he was like no yeah. so uh, I was like wow I'm going wow how disrespectful is that and I mean you know it was he he realized he, he, it was a tough think about trying to follow after new I'm audition. like he ain't even got no dance Who? songs they all ballads exactly so you imagine trying to follow us what that was like yeah <laughs> When you could hear an echo by the time we finished <laughs> in the house. Uh, yeah, because so by the time you come on stage. It was stuff, with, and I'm know, not saying, because Brian's a talented guy, I, and I, mm-hmm. I, I, I like his music. I'm just saying. But he, so when he said no, I was the only one that was pissed, and I'm from D.C., you know. I'm the <laughs> How nice you guy. want carry? I know how to be <laughs> politically correct, and then I also know can turn into this other guy with Southeast come out. So I got on the <laughs> mic because I told him, hey, listen, we're getting ready to, we can only give y'all what we can because we asked, we wanted to make sure you guys got your money worth, and we, we asked Brian to go on Ooh, uh, before that. you guys, <laughs> before us, so that we could make sure you guys would get the full show. And he says, no. I said, so we only can do what we can do. And I think we might have did maybe 15 minutes or at the most, 15 mm. to 20 minutes at the most. So then I was, you know, I mean, looking back at it in hindsight, maybe it wasn't the right thing to do. But I just said, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, get ready for Brian McKnight. Get your pillows and blankets. <laughs> and so, um, yes. so, so Mike oh. was like, yo, man, he's like, yo, what's up? Like, yo, you know, man, I was like, listen, man, how disrespectful. I mean, the reality is that we want to give these people there, you know, uh, uh, their money's worth and I'm going this is not like it's an every night thing it was like no, right. you can go on and we'll close this is not like it's going to make or break your career so it was just one of those things that I always felt like yo man you really feel like you're like that like you felt that, some sort that's, of way. that's not that's you know it's not that serious we all artists and we all need to understand listen there's a number of people I'm not going on behind I understand what my catalog is I know where I belong yeah. and figure out how you make the show elevate right. and make sure people leave Ultimately, going the whole show was incredible. Not I bring, somebody brings them here and then I'm coming here, right. knowing my catalog does not fit there mm-hmm. and have and bring people down. It's like figure out where you belong. It's not, it ain't gonna make or break your career to figure out how to be a part of a great show, make people leave thinking and feeling like I got my money's worth. Mm-hmm. So I, that's just my way of thinking, and then that's the only thing that became an issue for me with him. How? D- 
mm, damn, I, I dropped I, my. I, <laughs> yeah. You cool with take six though, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> take six is cool. Though. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. cool. yeah, yeah, I like that. Claude, yeah, 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 yeah. Claude, he be getting that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. So yeah, but no, really, we still don't to this day. We walk, we'll see each other in the same room. We don't speak. We don't say anything. We just ah, come on, man. We got it. We brothers. <laughs> we all we got. It. No, hey. <laughs> everybody we're, can't be. We could just be. We're brothers. <laughs> we're silent brothers. <laughs> so who? I said a silent. <laughs> All right, y'all, you know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, besides Luther, like what, what artist like do you truly respect and you you bow down to like um who are your gosh. favorites uh of course luther of course teddy right um love jeffrey osborne mm-hmm. um stevie my ultimate you know that's mm-hmm. that's my that's my heart there um uh, and Don, ain't named a peer yet say, you know you ain't named a peer yet <laughs> Did I sit down the other way? Yes. Um, who can I say in this? In the nineties, uh, uh, I love uh, what Neil does. I like Neil. I like Jaheem. Okay. Um, oh, okay. You skipped the singer. millennial. Yeah. yeah um, I like Joe. Okay. Like Joe. Uh, where do you Where do you feel that soul music is? Oh God! I the, I'm at, now, now I'm asking questions that I hate. It's going where the people is going. Like, Amir, yeah. what do you think about uh, young rappers nowadays? 
Um, no, but it's how how disheartening is it to you to see? Well, this is like a two prong question. One is just like singing is not what it was when you were coming up, especially with now with technology and how it is. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, like. Well, shit. Anybody with who's, an idea, it, who's still who's still alive now? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like, where where your where your auto tune rapper is mostly singing now, right? Well, you know, I don't have a problem, and but with that, but then on top of that, uh, I guess. Right now, it seems as though like most when you think of soul singers, mm-hmm. um, it's people that don't look like you. Right, mm-hmm. right. And I'm mean, on one hand, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I can see that you've been influenced by this such and yeah. such. And then you yeah. grew up listening to this artist, so you know. Yeah. But are you more dismayed that more black people aren't carrying the baton, or or that maybe we just don't know about them? I still think that there's singers out there. There's a lot of singers that are still out there. There's still singers that are making R&B music. Mm-hmm. It's not the artists. It's the It's the industry. Yeah. It's the industry. It's the, you know, everybody, you know, music is so it's just totally segregated now. There's no, I mean, everything is based on uh, research. The mm-hmm. kids and I, I feel like yeah, it's just that we have to look and understand that the one thing about a hit record is when you say a hit, it it has something that's magical <laughs> that resonates with people. That's why it becomes unique. That's why it becomes special. That's why it becomes a hit because it it can connect with people. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is that we're allowing. The industry has just gotten to a point where everything is a category, and it's so it doesn't even allow even out the, the, the new generation uh, and these kids to really, really grow up and be educated to understand what music really is or what's you know what's a great song, because they're like if you've never had soul food, how are you going to appreciate or ever want or even have a desire for soul food? And I believe that it's just gotten to a point where. It's not so much of the artists that are still out there. They're just not getting a shot. It's yeah. tough to take, even though we're, there's some a lot that are making music, but they're not able to, not getting an opportunity to be heard. And that's only due to because of the way this industry is now. Everything has been diluted. It's like if it's got a beat, if this person's not on it, if this is the artist, you belong over here. Not because of the song. It's just based on the no, formula. you're in the AC over here because that's your name. That's where you are. That's how old you are. Mm-hmm. And it's just gotten so crazy that it's just hurt the industry. And it's still hurting us. And I don't think it's going to get any better until we can get or people begin to understand and recognize and identify when you just got great music, great songs, and you see that it's reacting, people are uh, are gravitating, to allow everybody to be able to have and enjoy it and stop trying to control and trying to put everything in a category. Everything doesn't necessarily belong in a category. Mm-hmm. If it's just great, it's great. <laughs> if it works and it feels good, it feels good. And I just think that it's just gotten so bad now that it's we're choking and killing ourselves. <laughs> But at the same time, what does it feel like for you to still be making new music and be embraced? Like, still be playing on the radio? Like Still get that number one. Yeah. I'm so grateful. I'm grateful. And I'm just doing my part. 
when you listen at the songs that I recorded on this new album, Game Changer 2, um, uh, I'm doing, as a musician, stretching out, being able to do uh, music that I enjoy doing, but I never compromise who Johnny Gill is. And I understand that it's important to do that, make sure you stay and be who you are and, and making sure that my audience can appreciate what I'm doing here. But at the same time, I'm also allowing myself from an artistic standpoint to be able to do and try the things that I enjoy, the music that I enjoy. When you listen to me, myself, with Carlos Santana and Sheila E., um, I love that type of music, and I was able to be able to enjoy it and, and bring them on and collaborate with them to do something that I've always wanted to do. But I don't, when you hear me singing, you still hear Johnny. Right. Right. <laughs> um, uh, and, and I think that it's just, for me, I'm grateful that people, I can see, because when I go to work, there's sold-out shows, which mm-hmm. tells you it's a blessing, first and foremost, that they still want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. More importantly, and I believe that there's just still a number of people that really appreciate what we do. And uh, and I believe everything comes full circle. I think it's cycles. We go through these cycles. But I think at the end of the day, I think that it's like everything else. Real music, true music, true artists, true musicians. Um, it goes through a cycle. But, you know, I don't think that uh, uh, you can keep us down forever. True. It always comes back. I have a question. Okay, so you and and Riz did your duet together on on the album. Yeah, yeah. Riz being it, Ralph Tresvant. Oh, Thank Riz, you. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yes, Ralph Tresvant. Uh, Talking like you It's I do know Riz. <laughs> As a matter of fact, right, I, I was talking Riz. to him when I came in. Uh, and he told me to tell you how. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> Thank you. Um, he got next. Is is. Because the thing is, after the biopic came out, I yeah. feel like this new edition biopic is doing is doing better for you guys what the Temptations couldn't do with their biopic, mm-hmm. and even the Jacksons couldn't do with their biopic. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know that there is politics in the group, and there's yeah. six of y'all, and yada yeah. yada yada, woo woo woo. Yeah. We know the drama. Yeah, but it's like if there ever was a time when y'all have millennials in the palm of your hand, like it's now to the point that you know I'd see. I mean, kids born like after two thousand and five, yeah, yeah. like that young, yeah, quoting the movie, yeah, and so they're mostly invested in you guys, you really, and are, you, yeah. y'all have yet to really not cash in, but. Yeah, really. Just no, take you that, said it right. That's the bottom line. Y'all have Cash yet in. to take that victory lap. Yeah, but what does that look like? Because they y'all did do stuff like no, they, they did shows. They after, did incarnations. New edition has yet to reunite and tour behind that BET movie. But they yeah. did. I thought you did. And no, I mean we did one show after that movie, and that was the Steve Harvey thing. I think we did after okay. that. That was it. The internal issues that goes on with this group has been going on since for thirty some years. We find our way back. We go off. We uh, forget you. We come right back. We're like a married couple. And what I kept telling everybody is that, you know what happens when a married couple, when they love each other and they keep breaking up, coming back, breaking up. The problem is you have to deal with the core issue here because as much as you love each other, until you deal with the issue and get that straightened out, what you're doing is, you know, you love each other. So you break away, come back, and you still got the same problem. So you end back up with the same outcome. And something has to change. 
And so even with Kobe just recently, we all started texting each other. I love you, man. I love you. Love you, man. This is crazy. We were all, all six of you. A, uh, it was on the new. I would love finals. to see a new. I would love to see a new edition. I would love to see a new edition group chat. And we were all, actually all blue bear fighters. We were actually one rebel that has a green <laughs> green crowd. Okay. And and what I said to everyone, which I think is important, is that, um, what we learned was life just sent us all a message that it don't discriminate. Don't give a fuck who you are. And at some point, this call could have been, this mm-hmm. could have been any one of us. Mm-hmm. So you realize that at some point, we need to take heed. Then, a few weeks ago, not even a few weeks ago, about a week ago, Ronnie's brother, Rob, who works with me, mm-hmm. on his way from Atlanta, I was playing uh, Baton Rouge uh, last weekend, he fell ill. They had to airlift him actually to a hospital in Atlanta. Now Rob is Ronnie's brother, who's the biggest New Edition fan, and he sits. Even though he works with me, he's always the guy that's sitting there going, "Man, y'all brothers, man, y'all need to stop this. Man. Y'all need to come together, man." And he's that guy. And I was like, when I sat, when I got that call, and I was like, "Shit!" I was like, "Okay, wait a minute. We just got a warning." And with Kobe, and then who know who knew a week later that it was going to step inside of our family, and the one person that everybody loves, <laughs> Rob, mm-hmm. it affected everybody, and it was like, okay, well, so what are we doing here? Does this really? Does I mean, when you put it in perspective, so I was, I'm the oldest, so I've often said, and I told them, I was like, you know, forget who's right and who's wrong. We all just got to do better. We got to do better. We all do. And I said, and at some point, that means that we have to look at ourselves, be honest, and begin to try to figure out what we need to do if we never step foot on stage again in life. But how to get all these years and the things that we've done uh, together and the memories that we've created, the impact that we've had, if we never stand on that stage again, there's no rhyme or reason for us as family members, as brothers to not have some level of a family uh, of a, a, a relationship as brothers as men, and so we've been, you know, we've talked, we've, we've had those conversations, and that's just where things are. And I think that, you know, time time heals wounds, and I think that who knows what's going to happen, what lies ahead. But I do know that my main goal, and like I've told them, and I feel that it's important, is that we all better take heed, because. Just as you began to believe or you saw what happened to Kobe and then you see it got even closer in our house with our own family. So we got to take a a step back here and figure out what is it that the good Lord is trying to uh, tell us. I suggest the Metallica some kind Uh, of monster route. I suggest group therapy. I'm now I'm I'm, I'm going to stick Lauren Zander on everyone. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, that's what that Literally. is in your schedule? Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Lauren Zander. She she is the... Amir and Lauren. Mm-hmm. No, she, Lauren Zander is the group whisperer. She keeps groups together. Let me tell you something. It's crazy. You know what I said to them this evening? What? We need a counselor. Yeah. This is the first <laughs> time that sentence that has ever been... That. Wait. <laughs> That's crazy. You just this said is the that. first time that sentence has ever been said amongst Very your group? first time in Wow. Ever. But people Very don't think about time. that. 
People don't think wow. about that. Very first time. No, wow. Seriously, like normally, all right. Wow. I'm really giving. All right. It's okay. I don't have to pay for no more therapy after I give her this uh, this uh, endorsement. No, what what she what Lauren Zander does, she's like well known in the industry, and and she fixes groups. Basically, like managers will hire her to keep uh, groups in tech, and it'll be over small shit. So it'll not, be- not to be in your business, but that means that both of y'all are see her. I'm, I don't mean to be. I'm just oh, saying. Oh no a no no! Thing. I see. I okay. I saw her individual. Okay. Like she's. She saw she's everyone's person. Like, well, I don't want to don't put people out. Yeah, yeah. I was just asking if this was a roots thought quest left. Right, right, right. No, no, no. She's not our group person. Okay. Uh, However, uh, our good friend Sean G knows Mm -hmm. her very well. She works with them and and the Live Nation people. Like, she'll come in the companies and fix. She fix. She's the real fix your life person. She's a secret, secret fix your life. Deanna's kind of like the out. She's the real fix your life person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. It's I, funny that you say that. I highly wow. recommend that. No, seriously. Because wow. you knew you knew of her when when Amir said her name. No. 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 no, no. I'm just the fact of what I suggested that I thought That's would great. be a great. And then you know everyone She's was kind of open up. That open is so to great. Everybody was open uh, open Whew. to it. So I got six people but, on the line though. Yeah, I need to see that. I want to see, and you know, like I don't want to wait till y'all like seventy doing. Why not? Act. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm singing it, then I have to stop and go, hold on, hold that thought. <laughs> <laughs> wait, no, no, no. I'm only. Wait, 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 wait. I'm only. Wait, were you with us when we got. Lightyear, were you with us in Philly when we got that uh, plaque in Philly? The. Uh, which one? The, the dinner. Like, which one? You know what I'm about to yeah, say. Yeah, so the one where Jimmy came, right? Yes. Yes. So you were there that night when the Tramps also performed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. I'm just saying no. What happened during the The Tramps performed, you know, because they got honored as well. But it was like, you remember, you remember the sketch on Living Color when they were doing the old train? Like, oh no! Like, oh, it's yes, I do remember Same that members, <laughs> like two in wheelchairs, three with the walkers with the tennis balls oh. at the bottom. Oh, like one member had like a good leg. <laughs> I got up before that happened. Yeah, it's Damn. no. I'm just no. More power to them. The yeah, tramps yeah, are still they going. They still going. Even though they yeah. eighty, they still going on. I ain't mad at it. I'm just saying that there. This is valuable real estate time for a new addition. To all come back and and you know, I'll just say well, I still have never seen New Edition live, so I need no? y'all, I still need y'all I need y'all huh. to come back and do at least one more tour. Oh, I'm I'm lucky. Yeah, no, me neither. Wow. I just my, get to see really? pieces. Most my people parents, have seen pieces. My sisters went to see Heartbreak tour. I was not uh-huh. allowed to go. I was not. I was too. Wow. Young. I was I was like ten. I was, I don't even think I was ten then. But like I, I was too young to go. So and then well, I've seen four shows, but I've not seen Super Group Status New Edition wow. do it. Right. So wow, wow. Well, you know, I, you, I listen. <laughs> you're saying you're bored. You're bored. <laughs> you're waiting no, for the. I, I think that. Uh, I mean, I often say this, and I'll say it again. I, I truly believe that um, what we've done over the thirty-something years plus that we've had our differences, and we always seem to find our way back. Mm-hmm. It always seemed to find its way and, and come back together. And I honestly believe that uh, that. This isn't going to be no different. At some point, it's. I believe the good Lord's got his hands in it, and uh, it's going to come, it, it, it come I'm, together. I'm not supposed to say this, 
because um, when you do these meetings at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it's kind of... You know what? Make it happen. Let's go. It's, it's kind of like what happens in this room with yeah. the 30 of us stays in this room. But I think I can at least say Come on. that... Say it. <laughs> no, in the last in the last two years, your names have been brought up as serious considerations. I'm I'm part of the board that, that decides wow. the. So that'll be the. Re- I see what you're doing here. You I see what you're doing. <laughs> no, dude, I, you're going to make the reunion happen. Four years. Yeah, wow. four years. I wow. have to, and wow. you do it. You wow. you stand in front of a jury and you give your closing arguments. Da 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 da. Four years in a row. Finally, with Janet. Now, like I need wow. a new cause to. Yeah. yeah. Wow. No, but so new addition yeah. is the new cause. New, right. new addition is Shaka Khan, <laughs> damn it. Yeah, yeah I know. And, and we're still making records. We're still doing because I've often said whatever success that I have, it still reflects on this group. I mean, I've you know nice. had number one records. Uh, Ralph, the records that we we have that's doing incredibly well. I don't care how you chop it up. You can say it's Johnny or Ralph, but we're all still a part of that tree, and so Absolutely. it still reflects on. New edition. You're mm-hmm. you're the voices. Like you're the crucial part of the tree. Yeah. Yeah. But, so you know. no the... pun intended. <laughs> you said crucial. Oh, okay. More. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when but my last question is, but when the last time you talked to Stacy though? <laughs> she DM me. That's an interesting sentence. Go ahead. Tell me more. No, not uh, okay. she now the definition of DM somebody. No, she's she wasn't creeping in my DMs. She's, she's a preacher now? Yeah. She's so she's been, still she's singing been, in her own way. Yeah, she's still um and every once in a blue moon, she'll hit me, you know. Um, she DM'd me on Twitter once, like three years ago. Oops. I hope she's still on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> what was you about to say, John? No, I, I, uh-huh. I was talking about my first concert. No, I know. I was at, he looked like he was holding something. I just thought he had something else. So. I, I'm just saying. I'm, <laughs> DM, <laughs> okay, I'm you're on saying, I, you trumped know, his with your I, DM. I've been DM'd uh, you know, a few times. <laughs> yeah, on Twitter, though? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I've been damned, too. Y'all, no, y'all, y'all going somewhere else. <laughs> what you doing with all this comedy, John? What you doing with all this comedy? I got issues. Got? <laughs> <laughs> I got issues. And think about most of my buddies, like, Eddie and uh, yeah, Arsenio right. and all my crew. It's like yeah, I was about I've to been say, around you're all part my of that inner circle. So it's like you are part of that circle. All we yeah. do is sit around and, and bust on each other and stuff. And it's <laughs> like until Eddie goes, "Yo, y'all look around here. Look at this house. I built this on jokes. Niggas don't want no part of me, do y'all?" <laughs> <laughs> Speaking, speaking, speaking of your buddies, mm. your golfing buddy is Sam Jackson, right? Yes, that's my road dog there. Oh, Sam, he just wow. he's recovering from back surgery, so I haven't had a pigeon in a while. <clears throat> so he's uh, <laughs> <laughs> me and him fight every morning. Oh my god, we we just go at it. What? And I swear to you, I haven't as much as I love golf. I just I haven't had just the desire. To want to play like I've been I'd normally play since he's been off and mm-hmm. he's healing, but he's uh, he's doing much better. He's moving around, walking. I'm just looking and watching and monitoring everything to make sure he's doing what he needs to do. Cause I need some of that music, that that movie money. Cause you know, cause he got he's got <laughs> you in a movie. He convinced you to, to. Yeah, he's the one that got me in this movie that yeah. we 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 uh the Neil did. Bogart story. So yeah, yeah. Oh. For Casablanca, yeah. He's he's playing um. Uh, Clarence Burke. Victor Cook? Clarence Burke, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I yeah. said Victor. Uh, <laughs> Victor. Oh, when is that? That was all Sam's idea. I'm just like, he was like, man, I think you ought to take a look at this character. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, you got some characters in, you need to get it Where's out. Where's this come out? <laughs> I don't know when they're gonna uh, when it's going to be released, so. 
Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All I right, can't Johnny. wait for that. And Sam is playing George Clinton in the movie? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We're in a chorus plan and he's singing all the little songs. I'm like, the hell are you doing? <laughs> Sam Jackson? <laughs> you yeah. throwing off my game. <laughs> really? Yeah. I cannot wait for this. Mm-hmm. Sam Jackson is playing George Clinton in the Neil Borgard story. That is yeah. crazy. I had to say that out loud just yeah. to Johnny's playing Clarence Burger the Five Stair Steps. That's yes. Funny. Wow. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you yeah, see, yeah. Do you see yeah. more acting in your future? I mean, it's not like this was your first, because I, I remember those Family Matters episodes. No, you know, I yo. like <laughs> the whole acting thing is fun, it's cool, but that hurry up, wait yeah, thing, yeah, I, I can understand that. drives me You have no patience? Nuts. Like, I, I'm like, man. That's one of the things I hated about working in, at record labels was the hurry up and wait. Yeah, hurry I, up yeah. and wait, man. It's like, man. Like, I remember sometimes uh, we would all hang out be at the, on the set and it's three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. Eddie's getting ready to do another scene. Everybody in the trailer like this. We're like, yeah. <laughs> and we was like, yo, this nigga getting ready to go and try to be funny. That's <laughs> 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 what he get paid for. But I'm like, man, I don't feel bad. I don't feel sorry for you. Shoot, because man, yeah. we do all get to reap the benefits yeah. <laughs> from your hard work. That's but. nice. That's a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> he like, oh, he like the male Oprah. I like that. Yikes. Uh, uh, well, he's just, uh, you know, Eddie's just a pure genius. I mean, like, he's just, he can do it in his sleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dol- Dolomite brought it back. It was like, yeah. don't sleep on yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, Bill, do you have all your. Um, damn, hold on. Let me look. Your, <laughs> all right. This is the thing. Before I always want to wrap the show, then it's always like 10 minutes when the show's over, then we're like, damn, I forgot to ask. Yeah. Did you ever say something about LSG? Did you add the. I mean, we didn't get yeah, into what LSG happened at to, all. We yeah, I was going to say, what happened with LSG? the idea of, of Eddie? Uh, Eddie replacing... Ah, was that going to happen for real? Yeah, and we're still going to do that. That's what uh, Keith and I was just talking about. Wow. Um, oh. A few months ago, we're going to just bring uh, bring Pop in and, uh, and 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 maybe a couple other people just as guests with us on the uh, on another LSG album. So Different L's. That's something that's going to happen. Absolutely. Was that the the second time you've been invited into a super group, or was that just the one that you picked? Because I feel like I don't know. I look for work and jobs, and I don't care. You just hire, I, don't know we're gonna I was about to say, you like, a, you, anybody else got anything? <laughs> I'm just trying to make a check. That's that my life right now. <laughs> I, got some work back, for I look back at my journey and I'm like, man, what the heck? I mean, from a solo artist, to duet stuff with Stacy to New Edition to LSG. Then I had Heads of State with me, Bobby, and Ralph. It's like, you know, That's we just right. go. I just, I love just doing things and not being put in a position that uh, that doesn't allow me to, the pigeonhole me and allow me to be able to just express myself in just different areas. So, I enjoy it. Do I younger it. artists now call and ask you for advice? Like, you ever think, like, okay, well, maybe management, or is management, like, too much of a logistical, non-creative nightmare for you? Yeah, it's, it's called babysitting, and I'm not a very right. good babysitter. <laughs> I go, <laughs> I think you're a good or- organizer. Yeah. Well, yeah, they do. As a matter of fact, you I'm organize. Daddy. Yeah, that's <laughs> how I met, met, met you. You uh, organized Janet's uh, yeah, I party. Yeah, yeah. He's an I'm organizer. I'm the, yeah, yeah. I, I was just Y'all are speaking secret talk, but that's okay. I think we fi- <laughs> we figured out what you're saying. You're saying that sometimes he organizes parties and other things. No, I just handle and deal with so many of my friends. He's a logistic the, man. Wow. I'm the go-to guy with m- most of my friends. That means uh, you know how to get everything. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't understand it. 
Well, yeah, I don't know. See? <laughs> which, no, answers, all... which answers my question. Yes, you do know how to babysit. <laughs> yeah, I do. And solve problems. Can and you solve problems? My, that's my MO. And then you would think that I'm Dr. Phil. I have no idea. And I'm like, why does everybody listen to me? Because you're a preacher. What's your sign? Yeah, yeah. And what's you're, your you're sign? You're daddy's son. Yeah, my that daddy's too. son. That I too. guess I, it's, just, it's, it's never ending with everybody. And I mean, it's just from the who's who to... It's always something, and it's like everybody. I'm just going. Why they listen to me? Because you got it right. See, but I love people, and I always understand. I knew, and I truly understand that when you're listening to people, um, you have to learn how to listen. Because there's there's that there's an art to that too as well, hmm. to learn how to listen, and always understanding that I don't ever use the if I was you because you're not me. Recognizing that. There's always two sides or three sides to every story. So when someone's talking, you know you're going to be dealing with them telling their story, and they're going to be the victim when it's all said and done. So you have to learn how to read between the lines, deal with those things, ask those questions. What hand did you have in it? They're not here to defend themselves. Let me ask you, what hand do you think you had in it? I go through it. It's a whole process that you go through. It sounds like a manager to me. Or a psychiatrist. Oh, my God. Let me tell you. (laughs) You have no idea. I've lost a few relationships because of it. They're like, my God, can you just, your phone. It's like, hey, listen, I'm just being obedient. I'm doing what I believe God would want me to do. I mean, it is what it is. So you have to, at some point, be patient with it. Good to know. I'll call you. When I'm yeah, down. I listen. I okay. deal with it all. There you go. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Okay. I, I do remember a question. That yes. One of my greatest regrets about this show is that we'll never get to have Roger Troutman on. Mm. You've worked with Roger. Yeah. Story. Yeah. Can you give us a Roger story? Something about oh that Oh, my experience? God. Let me tell you. My very first song I ever wrote and produced, played all the instruments on, mm-hmm. a song called uh, It's Your Body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had a dummy vocoder on there, and I was like, yo, it would be cool if we can get Roger on here. So I called him. He was in Hawaii, and I asked him if he would be on the song with me. So he told me to send him the song. And before I sent it, I actually played it for him over the phone. And so he's quiet. And he goes, you wrote that? I said, yeah. He said, you wrote that? I said, yeah. You wrote that? I said, yeah. (laughs) He said, "Um, I'm going to come. And I'll be honored to be on it. And I was like, whoa. He comes to L.A. <laughs> he brings his little, uh, his gear. He comes in a black suit with gold trimmed around the lapels. And we're going, where the fuck is this So, he walks in. Goes into the other studio, and he sets up. He comes back in. Says, "Play the track." Plays the track. Then he says, "I'm going into the auditorium." The auditorium was this room, the other room. Mm-hmm. He goes in, starts playing, and my biggest regret to this day is not recording him each track. And when he was playing, he was like, like there was no audience. <laughs> And we was just sitting there like this going, as he was stacking. Track for track and stacking. And I'm just sitting there going, like, damn. <laughs> and, and he came back out, listened to it. He goes, uh, press me right here in this spot. I'm going back into the auditorium. <laughs> so <laughs> he looks Why does at, he call it that? 
I said that was I guess that's his arena <laughs> behind the mic in the studio. So he tells the guy Joe after we finish. Uh, he finishes up all the parts and sounded really good. And he looked at Joe and Joe is Caucasian. He looked at him. He says, "You're credit to your race." We <laughs> 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 <was> like this. <laughs> But this man was freaking amazing, man. He was just that moment to watch him. He would be in there doing this recording and and actual performing. We was just sitting there going, yo, he's just performing. Like, we was sitting there watching going, wow, as he was stacked. Oh, just going full... Yeah. Own Roger like he does on the stage. Yeah, I was like, man, I was like, guitar with his teeth and all that stuff. Mistake that just, I wish we could have just recorded that, had that footage. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Damn. He's a unique guy. Yeah, that so is a cool. I wish he was on our show. Yeah. Well, JG, man, I thank you so much. Thanks for having me, I, man. I, I hope that you will, because your 30th anniversary of your record is like what? Uh, May. May. Yeah. Coming up in May. So, yeah, I hope that after 30 years' time, you'll love your catalog. I do. <laughs> Unlike what, what Jam says. In the meanwhile, get Game Changer, too, though. Yeah, yes, yeah of course. Game Changer. You're I'm tired. telling you, from the beginning to the end, I didn't put no wasted joints on that album. Yeah, solid record. Proof. Solid record. All approved. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a, just a solid album, and I hope that people enjoy want listening to and want to hear good music because it's still there. Yes. It's still there. and well, It's beautiful. Yeah, and you are, to me... Al Quincy Jones, man. Whoa! <laughs> I've said it. I've said it a million and <laughs> one times. West about to get awkward. And I'm just saying, man. I, I, <laughs> this is just take it. how much respect and how much uh, uh, love we it. have for you, man. Receive and it. They love Receive when it. I get uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> he's not good at compliments, but he's not, he's not good at compliments them. at all. Thank you, Johnny Gill. That's for our generation. Yes. I he is that. But he loves black women, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I got, I got one more thing I want to say, Johnny. Oh, up. <laughs> Thank you for side two of the 1990 album because my niece, when she was born, she would not go to bed. But as soon as we put on my my my, uh-huh. she would stop crying. Wow. She would just lay in the bed, and by the time by the time I give my all to you was over, wow. she was knocked out. So thank you so much. You, you are s- so R and B. You saved us. You saved us. Ugh. That child would just would not stop crying until you put on my my my. Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm really a messed up man because I remember the only time <laughs> that I ever played my music, even for my own good, was one night I was uh-huh. uh, at an award show and I had this girl I was dating and I was thinking I've got to get the, I got to figure this one out because I so I left before I left home I had I put the champagne on ice I sat down uh, and I said when she comes back here. I'm going to sit down, and we're going to sit by the piano. And we sat down at the piano. This was after the show. I went back and sat down at the piano and started playing. Matter of fact, it was right before my mind came out, and I'm playing the song. And we went from the piano to the floor, from the floor to the bedroom. And I said, how come I don't do this more often? Because I didn't realize that, damn. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Johnny Gill. Yeah. Yes. We will see you on behalf of Team Supreme. Sugar Steve, man. Uh, Did you learn anything? Good morning, good afternoon, and night. <laughs> we will see you on the next go round, ladies and gentlemen. This is What's Up Supreme on our radio. Oh, Thank you.
For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 